1: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp., 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah.
0: Joining us right now is the host of Faith and Finance Live, Rob West. Hi, Rob. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be with you all. Well, you know, as... Uh, I just wanted to dive in with a question or two. Oh, and by the way, if you've got a question for Rob and you wanted to text that in, please do that right now at 423-629-8900. About any financial topic, you try and stump the star here. He seems to have an answer for every
2: question. (laughs) Now, I'm an an afternoon guy, so Uh, (laughs) in the morning, I'm not
0: sure how good I am, but we'll Well, see. Well, that's why we're doing it right now, just to see if we can actually get in. Because in the afternoon, I don't want to say you're flawless, but your advice is really spot on (laughs) in every category. And we saw appreciate that, Rob. So let me just start, first of all, with Faith and Finance Live. Went through kind of a rebranding at the end of the year, beginning of the year. How is that going, and what are you seeing?
2: Well, it's going great. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, the show name was rebranded, renamed to Faith and Finance Live. We really felt like it was an opportunity to reposition ourselves around what our heart is for our listeners, because our legacy as believers, as it relates to handling God's money is much more than just being wise with money. Hence the name money wise. It really is about starting with our faith, our values and our priorities as believers, and then allowing that to inform our financial decisions. Because when we recognize God owns it all and we answer that question, the practical implications of that are that we're to know the heart of the father so we can manage his resources effectively because our role is that steward and money is a tool to accomplish his purposes. So it's going great. It's always interesting. I'm trying to remember the new name every day, but I'm doing (laughs) a good job with it, but uh, we're having some fun. Well, that's
0: really good. And you're hearing the voice of Rob West, the host of Faith and Finance Live. And Rob, I just wanted to start with a question about an adage I hear just about every year, specifically in this month, talking about the economy. And it says, how goes January? So goes the rest of the year. And I'm just wondering, is that factual or is that just a myth or, or how did that actually even come into play?
2: Yeah, I don't know where it came from. It is more myth than anything else. There's not a whole lot of evidence for it. But it's the idea that, yeah, the January effect is a market theory that basically says how January performs is going to be an indicator of the returns we'll experience of the overall stock market for the rest of the year. Again, it's not really uh, based in a whole lot of evidence, so I don't think we should put a whole lot of stock in it.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think we should put our stock in Rob West. And, uh, you know, shameless that. plug for my friend Rob here.
1: <laughs> you have stock. Hey. <laughs> I've got a question for you because yeah. Tom came in and he had all these suggestions for our economy this morning, oh. and he was educating us on inflation and oh. uh, what what happens in a. Uh, time of recession in the country. I mean, it was really good though. Actually, he was making really good points. If you were like the economist for the nation, what would you tell us as citizens to be doing during this season?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. I mean, number one is I think one of the reasons we're in this situation is just because of our monetary policy. And we don't want to dive into an economic uh, lesson here in uh, at early in the morning. But the idea <laughs> is that we need a sound money uh, philosophy, which means we don't need to run the printing presses. We need to rein in our spending. Uh, what we're seeing with runaway inflation is in large part due to just how much money has been created in our System, our economy, and we're feeling the effects of that right now. Plus, our debt to GDP ratio is well above 100%, which just means we now owe more than our full gross domestic product over 12 months. We haven't seen that since World War II. And so that's a challenge. You know, we need to really get serious about reigning in our spending in this country and beginning to reduce our debt because I believe for the first time, we have the potential down the road. I'm not talking about anytime soon for a real debt crisis, a liquidity crisis here in this country. And that shouldn't change how we go about our day-to-day money management. I still think the very best place for you to be is with a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio with a long-term perspective, grading on a curve. The U S is still pretty far ahead of everybody else, just in terms of the size and strength of our economy, despite our challenges. But the real economy is our economy, <laughs> mm. and we need to make sure that we're handling God's money well, which means it's, well, this simple. Spend less than you earn, avoid the use of debt, have some margin or some liquidity in your financial life, meaning you're, you've got something left over at the end of the month, set long-term goals, and give generously. And when we do those five things, I think we put ourselves in a position to experience God's best.
0: Mm, that was good. Yeah, absolutely, you should do this for a living, Rob. <laughs> and you know, as, as you're sharing that, I've heard you share those principles before and I think the importance, I, I'm all all—I'm a margin fan and I'm a giving fan. And you put giving at the backside of that as people need to get on a budget, make sure that they have margins, spend less that they have. Um, And some people say that it all starts with the Lord, with giving first, giving back to him first. Something about the first fruits. Is that really a powerful strategy to start with giving rather than giving on the backside of that? Walk
2: me through that. Well, yeah, so there was no intentionality in the order of that because I think you're exactly right. We should start with our giving. That really should come first I just uh, was reading a book last year it's a fairly new book by Paul David Tripp he's known for Christian living and parenting but he came out with this money book a couple mm. of years ago called redeeming money and it was powerful uh, makes guys like me that do this every day that all of a sudden he just comes out of nowhere with a book and it's like gold and you're like wait a minute how did he do that <laughs>
1: <You> <laughs> but do he this makes for <laughs> yeah
2: exactly he makes a great point he says you know most Christian teaching uh, around money starts with the idea of provision. And that's fine because we're to provide for our families. That's biblical. The challenge is that can result in an endless list of needs and wants that we never get beyond. And really, the bigger opportunity for us is the generosity story. You know, hmm. God's word is a generosity story. Generosity jumps off of every page and it can be best summarized in those nine words for God so loved the world, he gave, hmm. right? So we're invited into the opportunity to participate in something much bigger than ourselves. It's a much grander <laughs> vision for our lives when we give and, connect into God's activity. And that really is ultimately going to result in the most joy and peace and satisfaction, frankly, that we can't find anywhere else. So I would agree with you. Giving is the good life, and we should start with it on the front end.
0: This is a fantastic time to listen to mornings with Tom and Tommy because you're going to get a treat from the afternoon in the early morning. Rob West with Faith and Finance Live is with us right now, just answering any question we throw at him about finances because it's early in the morning. We're going to see if we can stump him.
1: (laughs) Well, I got questions for you about the stock market. This, of course, we are kind of still in this recession and interest rates are high, but do you think that the average person should invest in the stock market um, versus mutual funds?
2: Yeah, good question. So, uh, first of all, where are we at just economically? You're right. Uh, this last year was a challenging market. We hope this year's a little better. Uh, 60% of economists are saying we expect a recession this year. Most would say it's probably going to be on the, uh, the shallower end, if you will, of how recessions go. Uh, certainly it could be deeper than we expect. A lot of that's going to be how intent the Federal Reserve is on getting inflation back to their target of 2%. If they insist on getting it down, down to 2%, Uh, From where it is today at six plus, uh, that means a lot more in the way of interest rate hikes, which means we could end up with a deeper recession because they're working very hard to slow the economy, which sounds counterintuitive. But the whole idea is to slow the economy so that we get inflation back to where it needs to be. Uh, How deep that recession is and what corporate earnings look like. We've already started to see a good many layoffs, especially in the tech sector. Uh, That's all going to have to do with how the stock market performs. But here's the thing, though. When we're investing, we shouldn't be investing for a quarter or a year or even a couple of years. We should have a five plus or better yet, a 10 plus year time horizon, which means we don't care what the market does in the next year, as long as we have the right investment strategy. Mm. And here's the other thing, uh, Tavi, is that so often, well, we love to buy things at a discount, right? When they're on sale. For some reason, though, we don't like to apply that principle to the stock market. You might want to think about the market as if stocks are on sale, price to earnings ratios are much more attractive today than they were a year ago. So this is a great time to be systematically investing into the market because you're buying stocks at cheaper levels. And if you're your time horizon is right, 10 years plus down the road, you'll be rewarded for it.
0: Okay, Okay. yeah, that's some great advice from Rob West. And Rob, I just wanna ask a question for somebody who's maybe on the other side of that curve, who has been applying those biblical principles of steady plotting, and they have been investing little by little over the course of time, but yet they're at that point where they need to start withdrawing and their portfolio is shrinking. Uh, What kind of advice do you have for them during this season?
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully you've been moving into a more and more conservative posture as you approach that season where you go from capital appreciation to capital distribution. So when we start pulling out in retirement, you know, maybe... 4% a year or something like that, we should have a portfolio that is largely fixed income at that point with a smaller portion that represents the growth portion of the portfolio uh, in stocks. And so typically we might have 60-40, 60 fixed income, 40 stocks, or even 70-30. So hopefully you've gotten more conservative. And the good news about that is if you have enough cash that you can withdraw to live on and your base is in that fixed income type investment, then you can take the stock portion and just don't touch it and Mm -hmm. let that continue to grow. Because here's the reality, you know, Americans who reach age 65, life expectancy is around 83 years old. So if the Lord tarries and you're in good health, even when you reach retirement, you still have a decades long need for this money to last, which means we can still have a long term view even in retirement.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Rob. And, and, you know, I was just thinking right now, we've got lots of new listeners to Mornings with Tom and Toby. They're new to Moody Radio. They, they haven't heard some of these biblical principles that you have and you share each and every day. And I'm just wondering, as we're wrapping up our time together with you, Rob, if you could just expand, you have just a really great principle uh, for life, biblically speaking, of how we can handle our, the finances that God gives us uh, from the perspective of a steward. Kind of walk us through how somebody can navigate this season of life biblically as they're looking at their finances.
2: Well, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've counseled hundreds and hundreds of families. I answer thousands of questions on the radio every year about money. And here's what I've come to believe, Tom and Tabby, is that so many people have fear, frustration, and guilt as it relates to their handling of God's money. Uh, and yet those who are most free from the emotional byproducts of financial decision-making have answered two questions. And the first question is, who owns it? And the second question is, how much is enough? Now, let's go back to the first one, who owns it? That is so critical. you know. And we go to scripture, Psalm 24, one, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So the answer is a resounding, God owns it all. So that puts me in our my proper role as steward or manager of God's resources. And as I said earlier, the manager's job is to reflect the heart of the master. So we have to know what his heart is. We get that from scripture. But then that allows us to put money in its proper context. And that is a tool to accomplish God's purposes. It's not an end. It's a means to an end. And it can add meaning to our life. It's not the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. And we need to hold it loosely and give it generously because that's the good life. And we need to live with contentment, accepting God's provision for our lives right now and getting out of the comparison trap, because comparison is the contentment killer. And when we define enough for our lifestyle and our accumulation, and we realize that God owns it all, and our financial journey is one of the key ways God shapes our spiritual journey, because it's how we wrestle through heart-level decisions every day as we spend money, then we can ultimately be drawn into a more intimate relationship with the Lord.
1: All right, we're talking with Rob West, uh, Faith and Finance is live, but he's with us on Mornings with Tom and Tabby live. And so we, we've invited questions. We have one for you, Rob, as we close yep. up. Uh, yep. They have a, t- a term life insurance question. They say, I have a term insurance that... Policy that we have had for thirty plus years. We are retirement age now and are debt free. And I'm wondering if I really need to continue paying for term life insurance. Our portfolio and savings total over one point two million, and the premiums total for the one hundred thousand dollar policy are about uh, one thousand. Is that one thousand or ten thousand? One thousand per year. Yeah. I consider our lifestyle very conservative.
2: Yeah. I mean, just based on everything I'm hearing, I'm thinking you probably don't need that policy. Here's the reality. Why do we have life insurance? Well, we have it to offset a risk because if uh, somebody is, a loved one is depending upon usually our income and God were to call us home and that income goes away, that could place a hardship during your working years. But once you've built up your retirement savings and you're in that season of life, it's not, you know, a loss of income is not going to place a hardship on anyone because you're probably either working part-time or maybe you've shifted to something else God's called you to that, you know, you're no longer working for pay. And so you don't need life insurance. And so that's why we buy pure insurance, which is term insurance. So that was great during those working years. But then when you hit retirement, that's one of the expenses that can come off the table.